0: So sorry. Okay, the defeat poster was not uh-huh. created. So at the end of the game, we just didn't have the defeat poster created. That is okay, I will go. Women. I will go on record. No, no, no. I will go on record. We just did not have it ready. We will po- from here on out. We're posting defeat posters. It's fine. Okay. Was there a a victory? Was there a victory
1: poster ready? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Okay.
1: What's going on everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Salt Mine. This is going to be season two, episode number three. So we get through week number two of the NACL regular season. And we are joined today by a special guest near and dear to the community. It is Normologies from Mirage Alliance, uh, owner and general manager over of MA. My name is Gordo. I'm joined by Nyarko as well. Keep me... Uh, Keep me accountable and join me in, in today's discussion alongside Norm. So, Norm, thanks so much for joining us today, man.
0: Appreciate it. Uh, thanks for having me.
1: Absolutely. So, want to start with the past and we'll slowly work our way up towards the present here. So, going to be a little bit of a different structure this week as we're going to try to chat with Norm about Mirage Alliance, where they came from, where they are now, and, and how we got here. Uh, so, I want to talk a little bit about the origins here. I know you guys have established in twenty twenty two or in twenty twenty on your right. uh, on your Twitter bio and everything like that. Feels like you kind of showed up in League uh, or at least in the NACL circuit around twenty twenty two. Why don't I ask you a little bit about that? Like, what's what what kind of led to the start of the org? What were your goals with that? And uh, you know, how did you sure. get into the spot where we kind of pick up uh, on this show and in this community in 2022 with uh, with Mirage, or in 2023 with Mirage joining NACL qualifiers.
0: Yeah, sure. So in 2020, we were like a friend group for Overwatch, not League of Legends. Even though I've always been a high-low League of Legends player, I've always hovered around Master GM. So I don't know. It was more of just like a friend group thing that we did for a couple years. We just played Overwatch and competed in the, uh, oh, I don't even know what the league's called anymore. But then we did a little bit of a Phoenix Rising League, which was a, like a throwback. Like With that league, we played a couple teams there. We had like a GM team or a master team. And then we just decided when we heard about the OQs. Uh, I was actually from the first ever split in OQ. I was coaching Omega Gaming. We, only, we went two and three. So then I decided I was like, I figured I might as well use my orgs like name and attempt to make a team of my own. So that's basically just what happened. Besides, then we, we, we were kind of inactive for a little bit, besides Overwatch.
1: Got you. That makes sense. So, you guys came in around spring 2023, OQ2, with uh, that was the Denethor Trickster roster. Right. What um, was your kind of first foray into that? Um, so, it, it, was that kind of just a test run, or was that, like you said, you kind of just decided F it and that you're going to go for a. Uh, an attempt at NACL qualification or, or what well, kind of led we, to that team coming together? It,
0: we knew that it's impossible to qualify at that stage. Cause remember the golden rule didn't exist on. So we were just a random team that played in OQ 2 So it was impossible to qualify for points as well. So we were just doing it for fun. We knew what it was like. We were just aiming for top eight. We were up, aiming to upset some teams, maybe eliminate someone that was like a favorite to get in the promotion tournament. We were just playing for like, for kind of basically fun. That
2: makes sense. So it seems like you had quite the shift in motivation then or idea as to what you wanted to do as you then transitioned from spring to summer OQs in 2023 because this is right. when people started talking about Mirage Alliance as one of these spendier organizations within the right. realm of Tier 3 Amateur trying to make that break towards NECL. And it definitely paid off, but you talk a little bit about how you transitioned from this past roster to the one that we knew a lot about and just saw documented in ACL and any Yeah, sure. After that.
0: Right. Okay, so in the like I said in the first ever OQ, we were just you know we were just a group of friends like we were all having fun. We had you know Psycho and uh, Bali, and, like we were just experimenting with players. I didn't I knew a little bit about the amateur team, but not as much as I know now like uh, with players and such. So we we didn't really like I didn't really test many rosters to be honest with you. Uh, we were shocked like with that eighth place finishing. We were like, wow, I mean we could do it. Like this is doable. Like these teams are not like insane. So going into the summer, we, I, you know, I was aiming for another partner. I, I got a couple, like two or three silent partners now. So that increased our like our spending a lot more than usual. So I saw what was going on at TFT, and I saw Lorem and Dardoch and I was like, I could start building the brand, you know, with these bigger-name players. It's just we're, we're going to have to spend a bit more money. I mean, that OQ, we were actually profitable. Like, on Mirage Alliance, that big roster, shockingly enough – we were profitable by twenty three hundred. Of course, thankfully to ACL and those little tournaments, so it, it was actually a, a net positive for the org, which is shockingly you know.
1: So is that off of just that's just off of just prize money? I assume between yes, yeah,
0: okay. We didn't start looking at like this is like the first year that we've actually d- dug in like looking at sponsors. You know, I can't say anything, but there's some, definitely some things under the wraps for that.
1: So want to talk a little bit more about, about building that initial 2023 team. So you guys, or right. I guess the summer 2023 team, the one that you guys ended up qualifying right. along with. So is money just the secret there? <laughs> you money kinda...
0: was 100%. I'm, I'm going to be honest. There's no cook. I'm not saying I'm, I developed any talent there. You know, it's, I understand tier three is about developing talent. But the goal that we had in mind was we wanted into the NACL. And the money basically got us there. Like, if I'm being truthful, it's almost like you could almost joke around and say, I bought a spot. I mean, obviously, we had to play the games, but, you know, like, even though I was personally in that promotion tournament when we got knocked down by Lit, I was I was shaking for a moment. Like, I was a little <laughs> nervous. I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. This might not be possible, but... I I always thought, like, my main thing was, I actually was like, if if this roster does not qualify, then I'm just going to retire. Because in (laughs) my head, I cannot put together a more better, like, a more fit roster to to promote than them, like...
2: And when we talk about developing the roster, I know that you say money's the golden ticket and money's how you right. got the players that you got. But was there any decision making process regarding the players that with your golden ticket you decided to acquire? Because I know that behind the scenes, I've heard a lot that dardok is the main shot caller, but you also brought in Chad as well. Um Right. Was there an idea, hey, we want to build a team around Dardoch once you had him on board? Or was this really just piecemeal? You just got whoever you thought the best for each role was, no. and then you try to figure out how to get together.
0: Right. We, we definitely built the team around Dardoch. We were just not expecting to put him support. Okay. But then Chad became available, and we thought, in, in, in our head, do we want him to play against us in the OQs? Or do we just want to put him on the team as well? And since we feel felt he was the only person who could really contest Josh in the jungle role, we said, uh, forget it, we'll just put him on the team as well. So then we moved him down there, and Josh got connections with Neo because Neo didn't get picked up for some odd reason. I think, I, I don't understand how Neo doesn't get picked up, but Neo somehow didn't get picked up there from that TSM debacle, so we, we picked him back up. And it was the perfect pairing with Josh down bot lane. Industry. Norm, I got
2: to say, I, I feel that like we're playing with fire here. If the strategy is have enough money to buy the commander's yes. I, <laughs> I,
0: I just felt, okay, so it sounds terrible, but the like I feel like the only real cook there, like we did go through a lot of mid laners. We were looking at a lot really? of different mid laners. I think that was the most susceptible like role to get picked. But we knew like we wanted Alorum. Alorum is a solid top laner that we, we, we needed. The weak side god is what we needed for that team, especially with Neo. So that one was just automatic. But I I wouldn't say money gets you everything. Like, it it doesn't. There's still, like, as I'll explain later on with these other questions, that sometimes money does not simply matter. Like, just in Tier 3, if you're willing to pay for... Like, this was during the Tier 2 exodus. So there was a lot of good players just not getting picked up. A lot of players retiring from Tier 2. So we just took advantage of that situation and we were able to provide them with you know like it a safe like a, a decent income that wasn't going to be 200 300. So most of them just decided to go for us.
1: I think that definitely makes sense and I think that it it's it's really the expectation I think a lot of people would have on the outside looking in watching that 2023 run that you guys kind of came in you guys were the requalification super team one might say right. with you know Chad coming right, right down from Chad and Neo both coming right down from tier two, uh, and then just rounding that out with some of the top players from tier three already to be able to make that run. Um, you know, Dardock coming back from collegiate, stuff like that as well. Uh, so I think that could get us right into the meat of things, which is going to be the, the 2024 preseason. So let, let's start off with kind of roster number one, because there's been two rosters throughout this 2024 preseason. So you guys qualify in 2023 with the roster that is Alorum, Chad, Sudzy, Neo Dardock. what are kind of the first pieces to fall as you start building your roster for the 2024 NACL uh it it sounded like you and I have talked before that there were some changes that you knew were going to be made um so let's talk about that a little bit what what kind of did you know coming in what did you find out along the way that led to version 2.0 of this
0: Mirage team so we knew, like Josh wanted to come back to the jungle, even though it's funny he's support now. We I get it, but he wanted to play jungle. We thought, you know, during the combine he was doing like he, he was doing really really well. Like you you could watch those vods, he was doing insanely well. There wasn't really any contention. So obviously the, the first piece was you know Chad, and obviously I didn't want Chad to go to tier three. I don't believe he belongs there. So I'm glad like when I heard Cincinnati Fear was looking at him and stuff that like that was. A good spot for him. Like I, I believe that's where he belongs. Like I'm glad he's on another tier two team, but that that move just had to happen for Josh to play jungle. But there was, there's no, you know, that was a mutual thing. It, it was fine.
1: Okay, so jungle opens up. You guys end up moving Dardock back over there. Right. Uh, how does how do the bot lane changes end up working okay, out? So,
0: so we knew Neo was going on vacation. Neo told us off the rip. Like that's. So that put us in like a weird spot with this four out of seven rule. Already, like, because we wanted to fix some other positions, but yeah, Neo going to Vietnam until March is like a it was like a huge thing. So now we're, we're like we have to find a whole new bot lane.
1: Okay, so to keep track of where everybody is sitting, then you have Chad off the team as you're moving Dardok right. to jungle. So that's gonna cost you one out of your seven, Neo is going to cost you a second. So right. how then you're, you're keeping you keep it's maniac on the on the bench right and neo right, as he's, well he's who are holding leader. down Correct. yeah who are right. holding down two of those spots dardock makes 3 alora makes 4 so assuming you're right. keeping alora you then have your four uh right how does this new bot lane then end up getting getting selected where do you guys look for scouting how did you end up with scooped and prismal initially
0: so Prismal's been talking with me for, like, months. Okay, I'm the reason he, like, came out of retirement. Like, he'll, he'll let you know that. So he was looking to coming back, but he wanted to come back as the ADC. But when we, when Scooped first tried out, he was doing it, like, before the whole new season, he was be, he was a monster. So Prismal was like, I'm willing to switch to support. Like, this guy's playing out of his mind. So that was just, like, and we were, we were going after other bot lanes, like the Supernova bot lane, the AoE bot lane. The amount of money that these teams are paying for these players is unfathomable. Like it's unprofitable completely. There is just simply nothing we can do. And with this constraints of the players that we already have on our team, like certain players wanted to play with other certain players. For example, Supernova Diamond wants to play with Faisal. Mm-hmm. So that means we can't get we can't get those two. They're willing to go to a different bidder because they don't they didn't want to play with the old Laram stuff like that was happening so we were we were running like we were running low on options we we were we were scrambling like like for example aoe like for breezy and um what's this what's the name wixie like let's just say that that monthly bill is brutal like (laughs) i'm telling you like these there's a team like for instance like i i think supernova even if they go first they're losing like ten grand. Like their budgets are so high, and it's just I can't compete, even with the Mirage Alliance. Like the joking, how I was dominating the OQ budgets. It is, it's a different world up here, and and these I, like I don't like it just doesn't make sense for me financially, like at all to like to go as high as these teams went for these players. So that we had a lot of constraints there, even with the like I felt like we had a great budget. I mean, obviously, you know, we can talk about the actual numbers after, but I felt like we had a great budget and it's just getting blown out of the water. Like, I don't know. And which makes no sense to me because I thought the ecosystem was going to go down because none, like, recent promoting teams, like, we don't get the $30,000 that the other teams got last year. We don't. We just get, you know, the normal riots stipends eventually. So I thought that all the salaries would go down, but they all went up. So i I don't know. So basically that we landed on them because that was we were running so low on options in the bot lane that well not not you know not taking away anything from them. Obviously Prisma was always gonna be on the in the bot lane for us. but like like with skips and stuff, we were just running out of options and we had such short time to make you know roster decisions. So that's what happened with that. And then for Sudzy. I mean, I think he's a great guy. He, he you know, he's gonna promote probably TFT, or at least get him to the promotion tournament. He's insane for tier three. But in tier two, there's just certain flaws. Like there's just certain things. Like like I said, I, I a great guy. I wanted to keep him on as a sub actually, because I didn't really know. But he'd rather be on a starting tier three than a sub spot in tier two.
2: So, just to push a little bit, particularly on the aspect of Scooped, because I think that was one of the things that kind of catapulted Mirage Alliance back into NACL discourse really hard as of late. Yeah. Um, Would you say that the motivating reason why the roster transition had to happen was that you guys couldn't come to an agreement on payment?
0: No. Okay. It was other mitigating factors? Yeah, yeah. No, no. Payment had nothing to do with any of this. Okay. I, I was just saying for to get these other 80 carries that have been in these other supports the budget just went so high that like there's just it's just not possible like I'm not paying 5000 a month for someone I just can't mm-hmm. it's just not possible the the only thing with scooped was when we like like I said it was just a time frame we had such a to- short time frame to you know to have him on the team it was 2 weeks like it, And it just wasn't working out. There's no, like, there's no, like, I think he's a great player. There's no love lost there. It's just, it just was not working out on this team. Okay.
2: I guess it's just interesting that you then have to take the gamble to then find a new bot lane with an even shorter time frame by swapping.
0: I I agree with you. But in our head, you have to remind, it's we're putting Prismal back on his main role where he's the happiest. So him going back to AD carry and and Josh was just, he, he was willing. Like, play support one more time and then of course will was open for some reason i don't know why will never got picked up by anyone but will like will was just available so it made sense to bring him in
1: so wanna wanna push on the scooped thing a little more if we can just to say i think that's what a lot of people are going to be curious about surely uh is so so the roster comes together initially it, it sounds like yeah, Prismal's excited to play with Scoop. He's doing really, really well in the preseason. So is it kind of as you begin scrimming on the new season that you guys began to to encounter issues? Like what, and you yeah, know, obviously, it, you know, what you what you can share and what you can't is, is up to, to you and Mirage yeah, we Alliance. Just, but what do you we're, feel we're, like was kind of uh, the big driving force there for why that first roster wasn't working out in your mind?
0: Yeah, it was just the scr- the scrimming was uh, like it just kept piling on and piling on. And like I said, one of the main things I hate about running an organization is kicking a player at all. Like I hate doing it. I try not to do it. Is like it, like looking on the comments on Twitter. Like it, you might think like yeah, they're just Twitter thing like things, but like genuinely like that that like sucked like really bad like i i hate looking at that stuff like i hate like being hated like the whole goal of me ever joining this stuff was to have fans you know have people that enjoy us but always being the enemy feels terrible like Mm -hmm. it just genuinely feels terrible like i almost wanted like there was like two weeks ago that i was like willing to like i'm like i'm done i just i'm down to sell my position and just leave like it just comes to like a bad point like i hated it like i did not want to kick scooped but you in this in this environment it is sink or sw- like it's swimmer sink like there's nothing you can do if a player like it sucks like we can't de- there's no room for development when demotion exists i cannot like give scooped a couple weeks like yes sure we're zero and two so it's like it doesn't you know it doesn't look good that i'm saying that but i can't give a guy a couple a bunch of weeks and then maybe have to make that roster swap halfway through the season the The thing that hurt the like that felt the worst was, of course, not he's not able to get on an o q team. The time frame was terrible. but like at that point, I've been like I was so drained from like the team that like there's nothing else I could do. Like I just had to do it. and I knew what it was gonna be like. I knew like how everyone was gonna react and ex- like especially Scoop, you know all the fans. like I get that. like but there was like my hands were tied, and I just had to rip the band-aid off.
1: So, how would you respond? I think uh, I, I've seen critique that uh, sure. I think some would leverage the critique that it's a if after two weeks you guys aren't willing to continue that that links back to a a shortfall in scouting or a shortfall. I agree. In the initial roster building. I'll be the Do first you...
0: one to say, it. yeah, I 100% agree. I made the error 100%. I put that blame on myself. I 100% made the wrong error. Like analyzation of the player, I it's hundred percent on me. That's a scouting. That was a scouting problem, and up the upper management. That's hundred percent my fault.
1: All right, F- fair enough. There, I, I have no.
0: Uh... Yeah, no, I'll hundred percent take blame for that. I agree. Like with Colomer's point that I saw on Twitter, I a hundred percent agreed with that. It was just it, that's what it came down to. It was a bad scouting.
1: Okay. Yeah, she's a player.
0: Yeah, I appreciate
2: the transparency on that point. And it really does kind of suck that you get sucked into that Twitter vortex of because people are assuming that they can now just dunk on you for every subsequent loss within NECL on a competitive level. Um, It just kind of becomes this uh, very difficult position to be in as a team that I think most people realistically, even if you had kept scooped on, weren't going to be placing in the top half of power rankings. Right, right we're now. we're at
0: seventh, it's eighth, right. no matter what. Like, yeah, uh, it, it just sucks. Like I said, it it I I don't want to keep acting like it. You know, like I I want to keep this like hard exterior out. But like it, like when I'm seeing like we start losing and all you see is hashtag free scoops spamming on Twitch. It like it hurts, man. Like I'm sorry. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm trying, man. It's it's a tough industry. Like I said, my what's my alternative? I demote. Mm. then what we lose like thousands and thousands of dollars like we most players like when once you demote i'm not gonna lie it doesn't look good so like do i really want to sink the whole ship like I, I don't it financially just doesn't make any sense mm-hmm. but like i said my heart goes out the scoop i'm i'm sorry like there it's just it's it just is a, a terrible situation yeah
1: so, do want to? You referenced the NACL roster lock rules there. For those who are listening that might not know, uh, the NACL roster lock was it was the seventeenth,
0: correct? Then? Yeah, it was two days. It was two days before.
1: Yeah, that that scooped ended up uh, dropped, yeah. and then yeah, at OQs and NACL both starting the same day on right. the twentieth, which yeah, would have been just a couple of days later. So. Did you guys have that information from the beginning? Or I'm kind of curious on some of the background there because that does, that is a very short turnaround. Lock? Is that just, yeah, was the roster lock like, and some of those deadlines change or were NACL and NACLQ roster deadlines like always just days so, apart? We,
0: okay, so we were really confused because. Um... Uh, there, I think the roster lock was like it was announced just like two weeks before or something. I'm not hundred percent sure, but we were confused because Maryville was never locking their roster, and they were hosting tryouts during the lock. So like we we're, I was confused if it was a deadlock or like, I I just I don't know. I didn't have a lot of like understanding what was going on. I just knew what the date was, so that like, uh, two weeks in advance. So like I said, people will say that like that I could have like kicked him a week earlier. but then I'm no matter what would have happened, they would have said the same exact thing. It would have just been like oh, they kicked him after a week. he they didn't really give him a chance. I know you were
2: referencing the purchasing power of a lot of these other NACL teams. Yeah, as so bad. Were all, yeah, when we were all just building uh, rosters, uh, how much transparency or how much cross communication from team to team is there in these? There's not. It's the just bidding. It, it's just bidding wars. It's just bidding wars, and so you just kind of hear and, it and you'll you'll know who's
0: and, and it's like you know who's paying it. That's fair. Okay. Like I said, there's a certain roster. That got re put into, I mean, a certain organization. That got put back into the League of Legends to NACL teams, and they had the biggest budget.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So you've been uh, you've been outwardly really critical of the four out of seven roster rule before, uh, at least a little bit, um, and the the struggles yep. that's given you for roster building. Would you would you be interested in discussing that a little bit? Like, what what do you think would be an appropriate uh an appropriate roster continue continuity rule or do you think there should be one at all
0: i just feel like that for new newly promoted rosters if they do not have like especially like obviously it wasn't as bad for mirage because we already had like these high tier players but it comes down to like when these other like when when tier 3 oris first promote it is very very unfair like to keep their, like, to keep their survivability is very, very low. Like, I'm, like, these teams that have the teams that, that, like, that just promoted, like, since they're being roster locked, they're they're locked with certain players that might just not be up to tier 2. But do I believe that they should have the security? That, like, it's a tough one, but I I just feel like when you have certain locks like that and you're trying to compete, especially maybe it was just this offseason, like, when you're trying to compete with these, like, these teams that can have, that have all this buying power, and they have five open slots, a lot of these players only want to play with certain players. So when I have somebody, like, Alorim will be the one to admit this. Like, he, he was, like, people were looking at him like he was just not tier two, like, which is crazy, because if you check the stats, my man is performing. But, like, there's just certain players that don't want to play with him. There are certain players that didn't want to play with Sudzy. So we have to make these weird decisions. Because certain players won't play with certain players, but then if I'm, like, say I'm, like, Supernova, and I can offer you all five of the spots you can play with whoever you want, so stuff like that, like, then they get the control. So then I just get who's left. Do you
2: have kind of an inkling about what you would do in the position of the NACL to change either roster lock structure or demotion promotion structure. Uh just asking it doesn't have to be like it, you have a concrete
0: hard, design. right? Because you want yeah. to give these play you want to give these players the chance to prove themselves in tier two. You want to. But then in this weird environment, like I believe it's sustainable down the road when you you know when the environment's more flattened but because of how it is now it just doesn't feel like as good like it just feels like you're you're locked on certain players no matter what and like i said certain players only want to play with certain players so then you can't you have to cross this one off because he won't play with him but then you have to keep the 4 out of 7 so you have to have this player or this player but then they can only play with him or i mean they'll play with him but they won't play with him so like i'm going like i have to cross out go through this like whole list players that can only will only want to play with this player or that player. So that's like most of these players that like for instance Sudzy, I'm not removing him because he he was performing bad. I'm removing him because other players don't want to play with him, so then it limits my like for example, it'll limit my options completely. So more players were more willing to play with Alorum than Sudzy, for example. So, like, that's what it was coming down to, is I am just have to go down the list and choose my battle on who I want. Got it. So, it, it's just, like, an advantage. I don't know. Like I said, like, these other works just have the advantage that they can play anybody with anyone. So, if there's a friend group that wants to play all together, nothing I can do. I can't overpower my own role, Like, or rule. But, like I said, I still, like, I, I believe giving those players a chance is good. It's just in this environment now that we're, like, the 10 teams, the motion, like, it seems impossible.
1: I think a lot of people have advocated for it being starting roster-based, either 3-5, 4-5, something like that. I don't think that really addresses your concerns here That's too much. Even think that would... <laughs> That's even worse. That's even
0: worse. If I'm not allowed to put my, like, them... Like, in sub spots, that's even worse. Because look at my situation, for example. If it's four out of five starting roster, right? Neil leaves. Because he's going on vacation. So that means I have to keep all four of them. No matter what. And I'm just only open for eighty carry. So what happens if I don't have this superstar? Like, Like I said, I think we have the best OQ team possible. So what if I don't have all those players? Like, what if I have, like, we? let's say we had a miracle run. Maybe, you know, example, Lit. They had a miracle run. What What if, you know, Plux wouldn't have played, right? According to, like, you know, at the end of that tournament. For example, Plux was going to, you know, he, he said he wasn't going to play. Okay, so now they only can pick a support. So now they're locked with those players no matter what. What if like as an organization, what if like certain players I don't I don't know. I feel like it's just hard. Cause now like it has to go up against teams like FlyQuest, Academy, like or DS nine mm-hmm. like teams like that. And you're just like, oh they have a fifteen K budget. So then I'm it, locked I'm locked on four players.
1: So do you what would you think of or at least, do are you conceptualizing your goal then for this split is you just need to retain your spot for summer and yes. unlock yourself from that restriction?
0: I'm not, I don't really, like, the restriction thing isn't a problem. But it's more about, I want to retain my spot, because if, like, mm-hmm. it's like pot, Like, if you go, like, if you only play one split, there is just no way. I've done math every single way. There is just no way you're making, like, you're not profitable, you're losing money, it was a terrible ad- adventure. Like, just simply. So obviously, I would love to play the full year. And especially with this new stuff they're announcing for Tier 2, like, I mean, you know, there's always, there's talks of this international tournament. Stuff like that. I feel like Tier 2 is aiming, like, we're we're slowly but surely becoming sustainable. And I would love to be a team to be in that sustainability.
1: Yeah. So, I, I how would you respond to the argument that it, it, it you know the initial qualification is done by the players the players right. within the org the players are owed that opportunity in the NACL is is kind of the underlying uh cause for the roster continuity rule right so i mean what would you say to the the mindset that it's uh, it you really do need to Try to get the spot. You have to keep the roster, and you have to defend the spot before you really unlock that kind of full roster building potential. Do you think that's uh It's weird, right? Like too difficult to achieve, or yeah, please.
0: Yeah, it it's like I said, it's a weird situation. Like it's hard to ever have a perfect answer for this, because I could say as an org, I would like. I would love to, you know, they they're basically I would call it's like a mercenary team. Like for instance with Mirage, we'd consider like a mercenary team. You're just buying a bunch of talent to promote you into the thing. Like but so you could say financially that's what should have been the motivation. But my team, like, we were doing something way different than other teams were doing. So I don't obviously I don't think and it's also not duplicatable. Like we were doing like, in promotion tournaments and stuff, like, we were doing, oh, you win this game, you make this. Like, we were doing incentives. So, I don't really know. Like I feel like their payment should have been enough, but I also understand that OQ teams aren't paying their players, like, anything. Like, maybe the top four are paying, like, $200, $300. So, is that really worth it? But also, like, I don't know. I feel like a lot of tier three teams are going to have this problem where if they're not a university team, when they get promoted, where's the money coming from? So do you really want to lock those players into a bad contract? Like a che- like they're not making a lot of money? Because what if I'm like what if you're locked on my team, right? Same the four out of five rule, like for, your, for instance, okay, they have to play for me. But what if I don't have a lot of money and I can't pay them anything like that's worth it? So now they're just paying playing for free basically, and then hoping that we don't get demoted. So we're just p- playing for fun, but like they don't want that for their career. They want to play on the best team that they can. So it like it, yeah. It's just a weird balance. I, there's not, a, there's never a perfect answer for this promotion tournament thing, like at all. Because there's the argument that you could be, you know, that you're you're the player and you want your shot, which is good, and you probably like you earned the spot. But I feel like the also thing is, if you're performing that well, you should be able to maintain your spot. But then it like it comes down to a, a weird situation like I just had, where like I'm not removing players because they're playing terrible, or they're playing bad. I'm just playing it because I have to try to build a roster of players that want to play with other players. So it's just this, I don't know, it's just a weird balance. like. But... That's just my perspective. I, I don't know. It, it's impossible, I think, to give you a good answer for that. I
1: think that's fair. You were, does that answer your question, Yarko? Or do you have?
2: Yeah, I was just going to remark that it kind of seems like, from your perspective, Norm, that there's this almost like tier 2.5 that count, accounts for the bottom part of the NACL, where right. these newly qualified teams just simply do not have the same kind of financial leverage that either teams that have secret backers that are able to provide a lot of money or are just established names that don't have the worry of being demoted kind of become new goal teams for the people that are being brought into the nacl and that is the angle for each individual player's stability in the long run because there's no assurance that as the five-man squad that qualified you're going to be able to stave off demotion right and so it does kind of feel that by the way you're describing it, the dynamic is that while players definitely still can find themselves in really awkward situations, the orgs themselves are also the ones that get really hit by the current right. structure of the NACL where you have to look at the financials and it you have to make decisions that are optically terrible because it is the case that you can't find another way to stave off demotion motion. And saving off the motion is the only way that you can find a semblance of profitability or reliability with right. the rent. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah, that's definitely a tough position to be in.
1: Yeah. One follow up question based on what you said in there, because you meant, you made reference to players being obligated to play with you. I believe that's not the case. Correct me yes. if I'm wrong. Yeah. yeah. So no, I think you're, it's, you're correct. Yeah. So it's you're obligated to field the players, but the players they are not obligated to off. play for you. Right. Oh, so they they, can, can they opt out of being part of the 4-7? They can technically
0: opt out, I believe so. But that part doesn't matter because if they opt out, it doesn't mean... So, for instance, Chad opted out of playing for Mirage to play for Cincinnati Fear. Mm-hmm. That doesn't matter. I still have to field four out of seven.
1: So what happens if four players all do that?
0: Right. So then I'm open, I believe. But okay. like, that will never happen.
1: <laughs> sure, I just I was no mostly curious. No player is just
0: not gonna play tier two. So, like, like I said, like Chad opted out. Sudze opted like, out technically, I guess. Yeah, well, because but... the
1: question is, it seems like the it it seems like you could get new, like you know imagine Sajed is still playing for Lit when they promote, and then he gets the Fly Challengers offer. Um, you know, not not hard to imagine that but some that, kind of scenario befalls another player on Lit, and now suddenly they're outside of being able to fill the rule. I was just curious if you had any insight on Well, no, they, they, they'll what the still rules fill are the
0: rule, because they have a sub. Sure, they the imagine subs, they don't have
1: subs. Imagine that I'm they just, were, they were running saying, those like, subs. I'm just saying, like,
0: no matter, like, it can be a it's a minus. Like, like I said, it's minus these players, but it doesn't count minus the rule for me. If you have four players, no matter what, you have to field them. Okay. Like, if you have four available players, no matter what, you have to field them. So, say Alorum opted out. That means I have to, I have to find, like, I have to play Chad. Like, there's just no choice.
1: Unless they both, like, opt Unless out. Unless they and go both elsewhere. opt out. Okay.
0: Well, no, no, no. No, because then I would have to field, I'd have to field Maniac. Sure. I or have at to least field, no sub. matter what, I have to field four players. Mm-hmm. I have to have four. Yeah. So, until. Five or no, it's four that have to drop down. Then I can start going against my own, like the thing. But then I'll have three on the starting or three. Interesting. Players.
1: All right, I'm curious to see how many how exceptions work for that rule, right? Because imagine You're, you know like imagine three of your players get called up, and you have out of your four remaining, you have both Chad and Maniac. Do you have to field both Chad and Maniac, even though they play the same position? I, can, I
0: think I can play them put one as a sub. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Then I suppose it's two that out makes, makes sense. Yeah. You would
1: have to have like a ridiculous amount of subs at the same position, I suppose to get yourself into that position. But
0: I mean, I'm hey, i I'm famous for that one. We already have, we have four <laughs> junglers on my team. That is true. You do
1: have four junglers on your team. So fair enough. Well, we spent a lot of time talking about that. Uh, and I appreciate it. I, I think it was good to get into an in-depth conversation about roster building there. Do you want to talk about the last couple of changes you guys ended up making? You had Will and Sven Svenskeren. Uh, right before the season starts on off. Uh, Curious as how you guys found your way into those players. You said it was crazy to you that Will was teamless. Surprising to me as well. I I mean, it's awesome to see Will in a spring split for the first time uh, in his career so far. Uh, Yeah, so how how do those acquisitions kind of end up playing out?
0: Well, to be fair, though, we were scrambling for 24 hours. I guess you saw on Twitter, once again, I was getting attacked by a Tier 3 org. And, uh, you know, we don't gotta talk about that. But... So we were, you know, we were scrambling. Svenskeren was more of like that was a formality. He's been coaching for us for like a week prior to that, so he didn't just hop in. He's been coaching for a while with us, like, especially when we knew he didn't get an LCS offer, which is also crazy because he should be an assistant coach on an LCS team. But yeah, I mean, he was a no-brainer. My players respect a coach, well, like a player that like a decorated player that became a coach. Because, like, there's undoubtedly that he knows what he's doing. So we, we just had to, you know, give him basically the test run to see if he can. Because, you know, we knew he could coach jungle. We, we know that, right? But we don't know, can he coach top lane? Can he coach, like, you know what I mean? Like, can he coach as a whole? And then, you know, with his analyst, not his analyst work, I'm sorry. it's like assistant coaching over at uh, Golden Guardians. And then he coached with Jack in C9 for a little bit. So we, it was just a no-brainer for him. And then, of course, like Will, we were just fielding our options. We were looking at supports. You know, there was a couple of players that could have came. Like we were thinking, and just to leave Dardock, I mean, jungle, but Will seemed like the safest and the most, like, realistic to be a competitive team in the ESL. Oh,
1: well, happy to see him in the league as well, and and glad that you were able to share that kind of insight uh, about the decision making that ended up coming on through for this season. I do want to talk about the season so far, but before we get there, there is one more kind of topic that's been floating around NACL circles over the course of the last uh, week or so, and a lot of that's on NACL visibility and raids coming in from LCS. Yeah, I It's did. been enough I did. drama, and you know what, Norm? You've, you've tweeted about it as well. So I, I made a tweet about it. You did make I, a tweet about it.
0: Honestly, that was not a good thing. I regret that tweet. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll stand. will will stand on business for it. I guess. All right. Okay.
1: Well, good. It's it's honestly this is a better conversation now that you regret the tweet. So let's see how. Okay. Uh... Well,
0: no, I don't regret. As in, I do believe that the LCS should raid the NACL every single day. I I I I, I don't believe that. It, like I said, like for that instance, and it sucks because of the way our team is scheduled. It just feels like they're targeting bigger teams only for the raids. Like TLC versus FlyFam, or Fly Academy, sorry, FlyFam. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, to, like, to take a step back DSG. for a second, um, oh. yeah, so source of the drama for anybody who's not uh, perma on Tier 2, Tier 3 league Twitter uh, is the LCS is currently on a schedule of raiding the NACL after LCS ends on Saturday and then rating a player in the LCS on their personal stream on Sunday. Uh, Folks, Norm included, uh, many feel that it should be rating the NACL each and every day. There's been some alternating opinions on that as well. Um, Well, Go ahead.
0: But what's crazy to me, though, is the viewership isn't that much different. So I'm guessing they just click right off, and I understand the goal... Like, talking to Whooply about this afterwards, after I made my tweet, because, you know, I, I don't know. Sometimes I just spew off and say something that's not needed, and it made, you know, League Twitter all question it. it, it it's fine. Like, the goal is we want to get, play, like, viewers to sustain and watch the NACL. So I understand that it makes more sense to have them on teams like, you know, when DSG's playing. Or when, you know, Fly is playing. Because you've seen these teams, you recognize the teams, you recognize the content creators. That makes sense. And how the schedule works is it off, it's off of viewership from the team, but with up-and-coming, like, NACL orgs, like Lit, Mirage, they don't have any analytics on us. So we'll, by default, probably we'll get pushed down the schedule. Like, so the schedule's built with a purpose of viewership. So I understand that part. And it, obviously, it's not up to the NACL when the LCS raid us. But I just felt like where my, you know, my animosity came from was they, t- like, I love watching Tier 3. Like, I listen, I might have built this non-Tier 3 team for Tier 3, but I enjoy watching, like, every Tier 3 player. Like, I just love watching those games. But now I don't get to watch it because... The LCS wants the viewership, but then the LCS wants the viewership, and it's not gonna. It, they don't always directly throw it to the NACL. So now, what is the point of not doing tier three if you're not gonna help your tier two?
1: I mean, I I definitely agree that the, the lack of tier three viewership is is an issue. I don't think I was talking with Nyarko before we started recording that I one ish week in uh, I don't think this methodology of doing tier three is sustainable like there's this is gonna change I think for
0: summer um, my my go, go my, my, yeah, my devil's advocate for that is to be fair these players like you can say that you know obviously streaming's good right and they want to be seen but these players are in the trenches playing for sixty three hundred dollars Let's not pretend that they're not getting anything. Like, they're not just playing for fun. This is serious competition to see if they can go up to the NACL. So I could see how it could do the reverse effect and make these players that are down there actually serious for the game. They're not a content team. For example, Cold. Like, they were, you know, they were playing for, you know, they were like a viewership, more of like a team. They weren't as serious about the competition. They were good, don't get me wrong. We almost lost to them. But, like... I'm saying, like, you know, it it creates more of a. I'm playing because I want to be the best. I want to promote one of these teams, so the competition could be better down there, or it, like it could do the vice versa, and people could less like not care anymore, and it could be just worse teams having fun.
1: Yeah, I think I saw Arsh made a very good point there as well, though, that like in theory, the NACL should be looking to attract more creator based teams like DSG. Like they should want. A moist. I, I know Tyler One has previously like it's leaked that Tyler One had some interest for a bit. Like they want teams associated with personalities to play in tier three. It feels like that gets disincentivized when there's no way of watching your team's journey towards promotion. So I definitely agree with that. To to pivot back over towards uh the impact specifically towards NACL, like I To play devil's advocate there. I don't think the intent of the raid is to bump like Dokla's pocketbook, right? I think it's to try to remedy the lack of engagement with players, which I mean, I Travis Gafford's been talking about this for forever and I'm inclined to agree with him that I think a big detriment to the LCS in the last several years has been the rate of player turnover being just astronomical, uh, particularly in the, in the imports uh, section of things. Um, so I think the goal underlying that is to try to get a few more eyes on these players. But I do also like the question that underlies me on that is, so you're doing one raid on one player per week. There are six weeks. Uh, so are two teams just not getting any players rated? Are those teams cool with it? Like that's, that's like a weird underlying question that I kind of have as well. It's like, how are they choosing who to raid and how are they justifying to the other franchises well, that they're just giving freebies for, to a few teams? For,
0: for Dokla, for example, he was doing an Ask Me Anything. Mm. So that's why they raided his. I don't under, I don't know how that really works. But like I said, when after my discussion with Whooply, I regretted the tweet. Because I understand now more of how the viewership really works. And to be fair, at the end of the day, the raid doesn't matter as much as we think it does. Hmm. So like I, I will like on record say that like my public like publicly my tweet was incorrect and the way the viewership truly works and how co-streaming viewers work at the end of the day the raid isn't what matters. It's more of can we get the LCS viewers to be locked in on the NACL and for that it doesn't matter what the day is. I believe it matters the more legitimacy of the teams. So, like, like, example, like, the DSG. Like, you'd want to raid them that day. So, you would put them purposely on the schedule on Saturday for the first game. Because what are the LCS viewers going to be more interested in? They do, like, to be honest, they're not going to care as much about Mirage Alliance as DSG. So, if we want the player to be a true NACL fan, we have to optimize the raids to where it's showcasing the like the better teams with the more like the more eyes on them. So in that aspect, like I said, I I disagree with myself on Twitter, and I think this makes the most sense. Now, would I love that the raids happen every single time? Yes, but the way that it's set up is it's nothing it's it's nothing that we can do or a community can force on because it it doesn't really like. Like I said, at the end of the day, it doesn't even matter.
2: You touch on Twitter just a little bit more really quick before I think we dive back into NACL and performance sure. on that front. Uh, I just kind of wanted to ask about Mirage Alliance's tweeting protocol because I kind of find the way that you guys interact with other teams kind of interesting. I know that Wildcard is clapping back really hard after.
0: Okay, <laughs> you know stopped. what's crazy? But,
2: okay, what's up, what's up?
0: Okay, now, I don't like when teams do that. Okay. I like when teams talk there sh- in the start before the series even happens. Do not come after you two owe us and quote <laughs> retweet. Come on. At least say, you know what I mean? Like, I, yeah, I, I would I, create I like, I I yeah. some like tension, like some rivalries. Say something before the games.
2: <laughs> okay. Like, I get you, That's I get all
0: it. I ask yeah. for all NACL teams that are listening. This is a talk your before the game. This is an
1: all time like, trash talk debate. So like this is, yeah, yeah. is said all the time <laughs> in every sport. So I get you. But,
2: but to, <laughs> but, but to build on that, one of the concerns that I've heard regarding Mirage Alliance when I was just kind of you know chilling with friends talking about sure. NACL was that you guys talk to trash, but then I, I'm not really seeing like GGs. I'm not seeing like post game like summaries, like the what was the matchup like? Was it o two two o one one something okay. like that? so is that uh, something that you guys are planning,
0: or is that just yes? Not in your so sorry. Okay, the defeat poster was not uh-huh. created. So at the end of the game, we just didn't have the defeat poster created. Okay, I will go. I will go on record. No, no, no. I will go on record. We just did not have it ready. We will from here on out. We're posting defeat posters. It's fine. Was there a victory? Was Was there a victory poster ready? (laughs) 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 All right. All right. Okay. 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 But that's also not true. We definitely did say GG's the Cincinnati fear. Okay. And wild card. There's GG's being posted from the tweet. Now we just did not post the defeat posters. I agree. That okay, was, okay. That was that was on our bad. That was not. That's not intentional. We're not just like, oh, we lost. We're not gonna say anything. You know what I mean? Okay. I like, get you. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Fair enough. Fun fun to chat about. I think we can leave Twitter for a little bit there. Um. Although one other, th- I, I actually one other thing that I do see in what? this discourse that I'm curious on both of you guys' thoughts about. Uh, I've been seeing a lot of complaints that like. Hey, we're we're screw like as a justification for why LCS should always rate NACL, we're that uh oh we're we're screwing our own schedule for LCS uh because NACL doesn't start until LCS ends. Um, Sure. Yeah, and and I know that's very tough for people in the Eastern time zone, but surely it is. I mean, at least my take here is, surely it is to NACL's benefit to do a rolling start when lcs ends right like that is not a sacrifice yes, not nacl right, like, is making that is nacl looking out for itself no like regardless of whether they were even allowed regardless no, 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 whether I, it's I, I their choice
0: the
1: surely given the choice nacl teams and you know if you guys were to form a conglomerate surely you would choose to start after lcs start, start no, would rather it, yeah. than overlap right
0: yeah, yeah
2: Gordo, everybody watching NACL is enough of a degenerate league gremlin to stay up to watch NACL if they really want sure, to, right? right yeah. Like,
0: uh, And for the players that like, get to complain about the times, you're paid to play. You're paid. Also, uh, the, To be fair, it is,
1: it is getting nasty for Eastern Time Zone players, though, because it was just announced today that LCS is starting one hour later. Okay. Oh, that is that. true.
0: Yes, but to be fair, those games end faster than we think they do. That's true. We have, on average, we've started an hour earlier than we're scheduled. It's fair. So Also,
2: I've heard that NACL teams are already screaming at like 3 a.m., 4 a.m. anyway, so I don't know how
0: much. We have a weird Gremlin schedule. We're, we're, like, we'll schedule, like, today, we played at 5 p.m. to, like, 8 against C9. Like, I don't know what's going on, which actually is an advantage. So, because we're on, like, these Gremlin times that we can do night blocks, LCS teams are way more willing to do night blocks against NACL teams than normal so we get more scrims that way good stuff for th- with the bigger teams so
1: it's fun have you so has that been happening a lot this season has there been to your knowledge know. has there been more or less lcs cross nacl stuff i don't this year i don't versus know the previous years i don't
0: i don't know the stats on previous years but we're getting like two each week so nice it's good stuff on average it's not it's not bad i i, I don't know okay And obviously, it depends on the NACL. No, not really though, because we're what are we? What are like seventh, eighth? So I was I wasn't gonna say it, but no, it's (laughs) fine. I understand. Like we're we're trying.
1: All right, well, let's move into the twenty twenty four season so far before we wrap on up here. So, obviously, from a Raj perspective, oh two one four start. Uh... not bad, not bad. Yeah, how how are you guys feeling? How are you, from a GM and owner perspective, feeling about the first couple of weeks, and how do you feel like things are going as, as scrims go on and as you start to move towards
0: um, Listen, the rest of the season? Like I said, I, I don't care about the losses. I just, right, right now, I, I don't know. Mentally, I just don't like, I can't deal with what they say after. The loss is fine. Like, I'm okay with the loss, but... I do not need to keep saying Like, I get it. The hashtag free Scoop. Oh, Scoop would never have died there. Like, dude, like, I feel like nobody understands. People think I just wrote this guy off and I was like, leave. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I, like that Woody meme that they said, I don't want to play with you anymore. And they dropped them or whatever. Dude, they did dude, drop no. that meme
1: on you, man. They did. <laughs> yeah,
0: I know. I know. And every time I like, like, we made that fire thing to Cincinnati fear. They tweeted a oh, contract scares. Listen, like I said, that stuff Im- emotionally like drains me. Like I hate cutting players, like, like pre- previous OQs, like my first ever OQ, it sucked to like, like, cause I thought I was gonna build into the next roster with Detro. Hmm. That shit sucked when I had to kick him. Like I like, it, like there's just like I I can't do it. Like that's my worst like part of my job. I think is removing any player for anything. So every time I keep getting reminded consistently on Twitter, and it's like I understand, all right? Everyone's upset. I get it. But, like, there's – like I said, there's just – I had to take a couple of days off the other week. Like, dude, I, like, it, it emotionally just drains me. I don't know. But that's a whole different personal problem that I got to deal with. But, like, so that's what sucks about those losses, basically, in summary.
1: That's Dealing fair. With, that's fair. Like, where, just, where do you, guys, where do you feel like Mirage kind of belongs in the power rankings based on uh, – do you think – do you think you guys are better than you've shown so far? Do you think you guys are? I think
0: we're better than we showed for sure. I think we're we're scaling. Remember, Josh put down the role again, so he's playing it up again. Do, you, do we not remember what happened in OQ two when he started playing the uh, he played the you know the spot for about a month? Yeah, we dropped one singular game, and it was because of Lorm's internet blew out.
1: All right, uh, yeah, yeah. picking up from there. Oh. Yeah, so feeling like you guys are going to scale later on as Dardock gets better into the role, I think that certainly makes sense. So you guys have played against both Wildcard and Maryville, both of whom...
0: Cincinnati Fear. Oh, we no,
1: Cincinnati Maryville. Fear. You haven't played Mariville yet. But you played against Wildcard. They are on a really hot start. Meriville is also off to a very hot start. How are we feeling about where these teams have ended up versus where I think a lot of teams would have had them
0: already? Well, I think wild cards make sense. Wild card is Slough. slew. I mean, True. they've been playing together for months.
1: Minus 30. But yeah, so Minus, you th- sure. yeah, do you think it's the, for both of them, do you think it's kind of the yeah, they're just star? better.
0: Yeah, they just understand. Like, no, no, I don't believe that for Maryville. But mm-hmm. I believe that for slew. They're just locked in. I mean, they understand later game team fights. Like, you can beat them. Like, for example, like, we're winning our lanes, but they're just, they were doing better macro. They They just understand how to play with each other way better than most teams. Because, you know, everyone's still getting a feel for each other. They played with each other for, like, a month. Opposed to, like, six months. So, yeah, Slew's just going to... I mean, that team... I mean, obviously, I I think it's criminal Like ratings in general. I think all of them are criminal. But, you know, that's what they're doing. Like, when teams start picking up, maybe they'll do worse. But, I mean, Dox is even doing good in his role. Which was a surprise to me. So i mean dox is really jamming Mar- on
1: those like senna lanes too where he gets to just yeah, play mid laners yeah, yeah. from the feel, bot lane i can't
0: believe i just don't understand how senna gets picked like is allowed to be picked like that though <laughs> but fearless draft he can only play it once but for maryville no 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 come on let's be real guys when the roster got dropped everybody is looking at their ratings and they're like nah, okay we're just joking they're a top four team. come on like just point blank like they triple upgraded they put Niles back top lane. Like where's their weakness? I don't know. Sparex is back mid, playing with like Yuki, like okay. UG, so what do we like? Where's their weakness? Zyko, a great support. I I we're looking at him for Mirage. If Maryville was but like of course how Maryville's tryouts work is their players are all like locked. Mm-hmm. Like even Kachu. So like I said, they triple upgraded, they're insane, they it's a good team, definitely someone to fear for, like for sure.
1: Definitely fair. I feel like I I I think a lot of people's perspective is that Scary Jerry and Psycho look like way better as a duo this split than they did last split. Do you think
0: I think Zyko's improved a lot. Yeah, I think Psycho right? looks better too. Yeah. Like it's not even just Scary Jerry. I think Zyko's really becoming like a, a feared support. Like he like if he's not in Maryville one year, just he will be on a top, like a top NACL team. I think he's very consistent. Nothing but praise for that guy. He, I think he's really good.
2: Yeah, he's Norm, confident. right now, right now, Norm, I am suffering because I was the Scary Jerry Zyko truther, like, last year. And oh. then this time around on power rankings, I was super down on Mariville even though I love Merrillville as a team. Right. And now this is the time where they're, like, powering up. Well, it's a, so. To
0: be fair, all of your guys' ratings are wrong because you're rating three different players like yeah so our, our ma and anything. our
1: ma and mu ratings do not count
0: uh yeah <laughs> we, i mean right so i mean you were rating a whole different team but yeah i i don't know i'm, I'm a psycho truther i think that guy's is, like, is good <laughs> like, that guy is good like when he was in our like when he when we were running trouts with him and stuff this guy his comms he's just a good player Someone to be like someone to keep an eye out for sure to even go to the next level Like he's growing really well.
1: I do agree, and I don't know if that's from coaching
0: or it's just him putting in the work. I I I don't know. So
1: yeah, he's been super impressive as well. We're already kind of crested over an hour because we spent a lot of time talking about preseason, which is awesome. Uh, Yeah. Do you want to take one second? Any any other big kind of standouts from NACL so far that have stuck out to you uh, that you would want to chat about here?
0: Like players or anything?
1: Anything players teams. Overperformances, underperformances, predictions for coming weeks that don't have to do with Mirage Alliance.
0: I don't even know the matchups. <laughs> what's the, what's the, who, Who's playing who? Uh,
1: well, so for no, I'll, I'll, just next week, it is yeah, going I'll, to be... Yeah, I'll
0: go 100% on this one, by the way. Okay.
1: Uh, <laughs> so <watch>. for <laughs> next week, it is going to be, because we're, we're officially starting our six-game era, our six-match era, it is going to be I, TLDSG yes, I, I and Mirage lit on
0: day one. Okay, DSG wins that one. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, obviously Mirage wins that next one too. Okay, we'll, we'll get a dubstep. Yep. Yeah, we'll all right, Fly start.
1: Challengers' fear is on Saturday. Fly's going three zero. Okay. Yeah. Yarko, that you, roster, you, my,
0: Hey, By the way, that roster is nasty. That there's the I promise one? you right now, they will be mm-hmm. in the finals. They will be in the finals, one hundred percent. With who? Actually. Well, I uh, said this last split, so I'm gonna hold my tongue, you know. Nah, I, <laughs> I'm, all I'm saying. Maybe they'll lose in semifinals. Maybe there'll be an upset.
1: No, yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm willing to jump on the FlyQuest train as well at this point. I think quad. I mm. think like quad was the only kind of minor question mark, and I guess like if you think Sujed's gonna like panic because he's on tier two now, no, but it's I, I knew, not even a I, different no, environment. I knew, it's like a, you it's, have
0: yeah. chime down there. Yeah, he's like he's fine they'll Ag- level each other out just fine
1: agree and and quad seems to have yeah the, any other the i think the only real concern was you know does quad have the na boom right does he get to north right. america and, and play queue on right? 60 ping and yeah they do have they do have 30 as well that guy's
0: not, i mean that guy's just uh, he's shouldn't even be here that guy's in the lcs that guy's i, yeah, that I guy said when we first started
1: here. this team has three lcs players and an lck player on it uh and it's looking like it does. It's it's, yeah. it's been very, very good. So. Um while we're going through teams, I mean, yeah, and yeah, give to have uh give Nyarko and I a chance to talk about it too. Team team liquid challenger is really struggling out of the gate for the first I couple don't, of weeks. I right? don't
0: know what's going on. I actually don't know what's going on with that team. I was hoping you did. So <laughs> it's literally... like, like I was thinking I said it like the other day, I was like, dang, everyone put this team like top four. I don't know what's going on. they I mean, I, I, th- I think Bob, like, Bob Jenkins is incredible in top lane. Jenkins like, is very good. Guy, I agree. I agree that I don't, Jenkins looks and good. And feels strong in the jungle with him.
2: So I don't really know what's going on over there. I'm in the, you know, same kind of thing for Mirage,
0: right? Small sample size. Yeah, it's, it's just possible. A, there's just small little disconnects. I mean, like I said, I think DSG is going to take, like, is going to beat them. Yeah. But, like, there's just small disconnects. I think they'll be fine. They'll make a comeback. They'll end up middle of the pack. Because it's just a rough start. Because remember, there's only nine games, so. Yep. So going, like, if, you know, going 0-3, 0-2 is going to be, you know, just tough.
1: Yeah. I also think, like, playing against Fly Challengers, like, barely counts. So it's like, really, they got upset by Wild Card on day one, and then it's like, who who even knows? Because I think Fly Challengers are at risk of kind of yeah. sweeping every, like, it's, like you said, it's single-round nah, nah, nah. robin. You, like
0: you see, I think it's week eight. You see week eight? Who's their opponent? Uh, Fly
1: Challengers. Uh, yeah, they play Supernova and Mirage Week Eight.
0: Ah, uh, there it is. So yeah, they're, they're probably taking probably taking a loss, You know, just one somewhere in there, perhaps somewhere, somewhere. We might, hey, we might cheese them with a one-game win. You never know. <laughs> but that doesn't count in the series. But yep. it's fun.
1: It could happen. To so keep training through this schedule, it's then Team Liquid Challengers AOE. That game is I. That's like my game to watch for the. For the spl- yeah, uh, for the week, I think because so
0: versus Jenkins,
1: yeah, it is. I think it's an interesting matchup with how TLC would looking. I suspect TLC will lose to DSG as well. Uh, it sounds like yeah, you have I, that I opinion as it. well, Norm. So it's yeah. kind of like AOE is at I risk of going zero 0- and two. Like AoE's barely played. AoE's at risk of going zero and two.
0: Yeah. What? Uh, by the way, <laughs> okay. Never mind. I understand how the schedule works, but it's so confusing because some teams will only play like one series for three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And then, and then there's us. We're grinding every week. Now we got five. Like, so I don't know. Yeah. And then, but that one's a toss-up. Actually, like I don't know.
1: I know it's also kind of like a... disaster mode if TLC loses it though. Like, assuming they lose to the DSG, if... they will then be zero and four. You see
0: us down here. But it depends if Zamudo's. I think Zamudo. If Zamudo's locked in, it might be a little scary for Jenkins. They might catch him off guard. Because like, Jenkins has been playing. Hold on, let me look at his games. He's been playing, like, not the stuff I expected him to play at all. He's been playing, just, all like, you're taking that piece
2: uh, I'm going to lightly push back. I don't know. I think that TLC might actually beat DSG. I think that's close. Oh, enough. no. I I
0: I hope so. I don't. Re- like I said, I don't know who wins that matchup. Like, actually. like Yeah, I think it's a
2: solid 50-50. Yeah,
0: yeah I agree. So, I think that's yeah. what it is. It's a solid 50-50. Yeah. I haven't seen a lot from AOE either. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I Jenkins really has played
1: what's... two Udyr, one Rumble, one Aatrox, by the way.
0: <clears throat> no cannon?
1: No cannon? Not yet. He's drawing bands on it, though. He's I know, he, I know. He's I, always drawing vans on the cannon. Yeah,
0: his cannon is one V nine. There's just nothing I can say.
1: It is. It is.
0: Is that the? And then who else?
1: So let's round things out. Yeah, we got wild card DSG.
2: Wild card, actually. What is happening? Yeah. Wildcard's the opposite side of the spectrum for me, where it's like small sample size could, you know.
0: No, I, I think wildcard takes DSG actually. Okay, really? I, yeah, I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it. Though. I think I think DSG goes one in. What, what would that make them one and three? Right? Uh, beat... Are we
1: assuming they beat TLC?
0: Right, right. We're assuming they beat TLC. So they, they would be one
1: and three. two at that point two. then, because they didn't play week
0: two. These records are looking yeah. a little weird, actually. Now that like this is feeling re- like the reverse tier list. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs>
2: yeah, it's. Uh... It's not a, a fly C. Yeah, there's
0: weird trends going on
2: right now. Lit also, I think, is normalizing it a little bit. So. We'll see. I mean... I mean, we don't
0: know. I mean, I don't know. Lit only played one series. Oh, right? yeah. Small sample size about. could
2: scale. I, I'm sorry. Yeah. We got to go back to that. True. Like it. Well, we'll <laughs> see. Listen,
0: I will never, never disrespect Dragoon <laughs> in the top line.
2: True. I know
1: Alorim's been open with us before about having a rough champion pool into Dragoon as well. So we'll have to see. Yeah,
0: I will never disrespect him because if he locks in Darius. Hold on. He, and he can, like said, too.
1: Darius viable now, by the way. Like, yeah. Buffed.
0: But all I'm saying is Wukong got a buff in 12, uh, in 0. .3, so um, watch out for my boy Will. He said he's a 1v9er on that Wukong, so I think we're scaling. All right. And Wukong right. got the buff, so hey, uh, you never know. Hey, teams, hey, it might be a Wukong pick.
1: And I mean, last match of the week is Supernova Mirage. Are you scaling that fast?
0: Seeing how Supernova outbid me for half that roster. Hmm. Oh, wait, let me think. Let me think. <laughs> okay, I think so it's like Alright, Yarko, okay, so what think... are you
1: at? Uh, what are you at for Supernova Barrage?
2: Man, I'm right in front of the owner. The, this is the owner that likes. Yeah, I I I I think this is probably. You take 2-0. Supernova? That's fine. Yeah, you think yeah, it's for 2-0? Supernova, yeah. Okay, here's
0: what here's what I think. If Mirage Alliance wins Game One and catches them off guard, certain players on their team might get tilted. In we could win. I I'll let you, you know what come to back asking me about this in about a week. We'll see. <laughs>
1: see it'll Once be, it happens, it, I'll yeah. ask you That's about it, it. what happened but... <laughs> after it's happened. Yeah.
0: That... Hey, but like I said, at least I will talk the smack before the game happens. Okay, okay? and I will stand on that. It's fine. I think we do beat Supernova. Hopefully.
2: Excited for the Mirage is Alliance. Is Supernova. a Supernova, like
0: Supernova two and one. Yeah, I can't wait for them to quote this. Put it out of con. It's fine. <laughs> are they? Are they two <laughs> Supernova
1: one? are one and one. <laughs>
0: one and one. Yeah, know.
1: they didn't play week one, and then Who did they, they played, lose to they lost to Maryville. Why? Maryville. Maryville. So we'll see. They will play. Yeah, they'll play I their third know. match against you guys this week.
0: I think if we, you know, what would it be? One and four. One and three. If we lose the Supernova.
1: Uh, depends on how you do against lit.
0: That's true. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I don't know. I'm not in the A. I've stepped back way more. In the OQs, I was in every scrim block. I mentally can't do it this time. I just, I trust in the process. So we'll see. Maybe there's some big, maybe there's some big upsets. All right.
1: Looking forward to it. Looking forward to this next week. I think that's where we can close things out. Norm, thanks so much for hopping on to share your thoughts, man. No, it's uh, yeah, been an interesting time between Mirage and the community. So appreciate hearing uh, your perspective on things. Anything you want to shout out? Anybody you want to? Uh, anything you want to say before we close out this episode?
0: No, nothing really. Not just thanks for having me. You know, hopefully this gives you know Twitter a little bit more insight. <laughs> how I feel about this situation because everyone just thinks I'm evil. Like, I think I'm like a Sith Lord over here and I'm just, no. <laughs> like. But yeah, that's about it.
1: All right, good Thank stuff. Well, thanks everybody for tuning on in. Thanks again to Norm for hopping on with us. We'll be back next week to break down week number three. But until then, you guys stay tuned to the NACL and stay tuned to Salt Mine. We'll see you next time. Peace.